0: This is the NSOJ Tanoi Podcast, the official podcast of the National School of Journalism, Bangalore. Hello everyone, welcome to the NSOJ Tanoi Podcast. My name is Timothy Franklin and my guest today is Mahita Nagaraj. Mahitha is the founder of Caremongers India, a movement of volunteers that has helped hundreds of thousands of people with critical interventions during the lockdown. She recounts the birth of what is now a global movement of human kindness. She tells us stories of incredible acts of generosity, how Public-private partnerships have helped Karnataka's responses to the pandemic and the surprising mental health benefits of Chemoanguin. Pull a chair and join us as we talk over the sounds of chirping birds and revving cars at Bangalore's Airlines Hotel. Mahita, welcome to the NSOJ Chennai podcast. Three months ago, you were a digital marketing professional working from home. And today, to paraphrase the BBC News headline, you are the one woman who has made kindness catch on in India. Tell us the story.
1: Thanks, Timothy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was working from home and I was uh, happy living a regular, normal life, I think, uh, till March. And then, uh, when the first few COVID cases started appearing in India, that's when uh, the fear and panic started with all the kids abroad. And uh, you know, a couple of school friends reached out. I ran a couple of errands for their parents, and um, asked on my Facebook wall whether anybody else, you know, would like something similar. And that's where the whole um, explosion, I think, happened. So a lot of people wanted to um, wanted to seek help from me, but I think more hearteningly there were a lot more people that wanted to also offer help, and not just in Bangalore, uh, across India. So we just tried to match supply and demand with a Facebook group called Caremongers India. And um, I think the idea that anybody can help from wherever they are in whatever manner they are capable of. It could be sharing information, it could be sharing a contact, it could be networking with somebody they know in some other location or it could actually be physically going out and doing an errand for somebody. Um, I think that idea of of helping being so simple or offering help being so simple is what made uh, caremongering so popular. Um, also, I think the timing was uh, perfect and contributed to our popularity because at that time, both the Janata curfew happened and then the uh, the actual lockdown in India happened, and um, people panicked.
0: And this movement that you've kicked off has now helped hundreds of thousands of people in India during the lockdown. Can you recall for us three interventions by caremongers? ...that have really stuck with you over these months?
1: I can give you three a minute. So picking three is going to be a bit of a challenge. But... um, Okay. So I think my first standout would be uh, this gentleman in Kolkata... ...who had just returned from an extended vacation uh, in the US with his kids came back and did a mandatory quarantine for 14 days. I think he did 18 days instead of 14. And when he came back to his apartment block, where he had been a resident for 35, I think, years, um, everyone ostracized him because the fear was just too high and the stigma was too high. So he arrived there in the evening and um, his neighbors actually sealed him into his home. So they sealed the door shut, and and because he'd been away for that long, he had no food, he had no water. Um, So he spent the night hungry and thirsty, and reached out to us the next morning, uh, just asking if there's anything that we could do, if we could help him buy something and sort of help him stock up his house. So one of our volunteers there, Pamul, he actually went across to this uh, gentleman's place, carrying whatever groceries he needed found that he had also no water, so went back out, uh, explained to the police who were at the Bando bus that, you know, he's going back a second time, uh, picked up everything and then said, Uncle, if you need anything, give me a call. So I think he's still in touch with him regularly. And although uh, stores have opened up in Kolkata, I think they meet now every couple of weeks. So they've become friends. And I think that was really, really cute because um, after we started supplying him with essentials on a regular basis then his neighbors started becoming a little calmer about the whole situation Um, started doing favors for him uh, saying you know you don't have to call people from really far out Um, we can help you pick up whatever you need and we leave it outside your door so I think that the ability to influence somebody else Uh, To not be scared or to not panic and to actually help because they can. I think that was a that was one of my nice uh, Experiences and a second would be in Bombay where um, There was a gentleman who was I think over 90 and his wife is 85 plus and uh, Is a cancer patient and they were doing an Ayurvedic treatment so one of our volunteers in Um, in Bombay actually rode 70 kilometers to pick up medication from this one specific Ayurvedic doctor and delivered it to this guy because nobody else was doing it and the wife was suffering for over a week I think without her medication. So, I mean, there are so many stories, Timothy. I I can tell you about instances in Shimla, I can tell you about Kashmir, I can talk about I can talk about Bangalore, I can talk about Hyderabad. I mean, where do you want a story from? It's been amazing to watch.
0: Clearly, your focus was on being a good Samaritan to the elderly and people with serious underlying medical conditions during the lockdown period. But now that lockdown restrictions have been lifted, how have you seen the Caremongers movement evolving?
1: We follow a very Harry Potter philosophy, which is help will be offered to those who ask. Um, we're not here to judge what kind of help people need, and at what time they need it, or in what form or fashion they want it. Right? Um, see, it's it's. We're always cognizant, I think, of the fact that it takes a lot for somebody to ask for help. One. And two, for somebody to ask for help from complete strangers. So imagine how stranded you must be feeling in your own head that you seek assistance from complete strangers on the Internet and trust that they are going to help you, right? So um, I think the evolving of the nature of requests has happened like the lockdown has evolved. So during intense lockdown, for instance, then we were all about Supply of medical uh, essentials, supply of daily groceries, um, helping people get to medical appointments and things like that. Once lockdown norms eased, I think, again, that happened in different phases across the country. So in some states, it's still about procurement of essentials. In others, it's a lot of seeking of information about how do we travel, uh, what are quarantine rules or... um, And again, I'm coming back to the fact that fear is very prevalent among everybody, especially the senior community. So a lot of them still don't want to allow staff back in their homes. Residents associations don't allow maids or cooks to come back. So then it's about how do we arrange for home-cooked meals uh, at my grandfather's house or my grandmother's house? Um, If there are no cab services, how do we get them to hospital for chemo sessions or dialysis sessions? Is there a taxi service that can help them? Or if there's somebody who's been tested COVID positive, then is there a service that can help them sanitize their house? So, I mean, yes, nature of requests have changed. Volume hasn't.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's growing. Uh, but do you also see post-COVID that there's a role for mongers and so will the kindness continue beyond the, the the pandemic?
1: I don't think kindness has an expiry date.
0: I know, but uh, clearly people needed a pandemic to, uh, and you to, to to start off this movement. <laughs> no, I think movement, right? uh, no,
1: I think you're you're like overplaying my role in it, but. Um, it just needed somebody to show people, like I said, that you can help from wherever you are. Um, people are going to need help in whatever form or fashion again, all the time. And, and I think the pandemic and the fact that we were such a close-knit community has helped sort of build us almost to become a family now. Um,
0: and, know what 46,000 people now,
1: yeah. We're 46,000 people, and we're not no longer Caremongers India. I mean, we're Caremongers Global now because it's uh, I think we have members from about 28 countries. We have in India from every single state we're represented on the group, and we fulfilled requests in 14 countries across the world now. So, yeah, I know that's yeah. been great. to watch. So, I
0: think the evolution has been from Caremongers India to To Caremongers Global, yeah, Um, you have worked alongside government agencies in your caremongering endeavor. What, Mahita, are the main lessons for policymakers in dealing with crisis situations that may arise in the future? According to you,
1: I think the one thing is to not be restricted by boundaries or by a certain framework. See one thing I'm incredibly proud of, where Caremongers is concerned, is that we haven't raised a single rupee in funding, and not a single rupee has exchanged hands in this entire four months that we've been around. So um, the 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 whole effort has been voluntary, and it has it has only been generated by the people that want to be involved. Uh, I think where policymakers fail is that they get bogged down by uh, a certain framework that they have to operate within or certain rules and regulations that they have to follow. Hierarchies uh, matter in all organizations. And in in a situation like the pandemic, where all rules were thrown out of the window, it was up to policymakers to also throw all rules out of the window and make sure that people were not affected by it. So help was offered by every government agency. Sometimes it reached them on time, sometimes it didn't. Um, I think they relied on regular channels that they were used to in order to reach help to people that wanted it. Whereas the route that they should have chosen was to abandon all um, norms and sort of wing it. On a yeah. daily basis, because that's it's all very the difficult country.
0: for uh, uh, government agencies to wing it. Right? It's, it's but much-
1: Karnataka did a remarkable job.
0: That's what I was thinking. I thought Karnataka did a remarkable job. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: So I think one of the biggest successes that Karnataka saw was an extremely early adoption of a public-private partnership. So uh, the Department of Public Relations, Information and Public Relations, and the Labor Department put out a call very, very early in, I think, February, March, for citizen volunteers who would be called COVID warriors. Um, They were very sensible because they didn't define their role. They didn't define what help they were going to be offering. Uh, And they just said, you will work alongside the government and help us manage the pandemic. Um, You know, Agencies like the Civil Defense, the NDRF, the Home Guards, all of these were involved in this entire thing. So um, there were, I think, close to 14,000 uh, volunteers, 30,000 volunteers on the ground, all helping in whatever way they could. So some would be, you know, delivering food, some would be with the Red Cross assisting with uh, testing, some would be helping with home quarantine, some would be helping with transportation, some would be helping with, you know, making sure people observe the lockdown. But the important thing to note is that the government gave regular citizens the ability to regulate. And that is very important because only when you self-regulate, like in Sweden, right, they never locked down because they gave the responsibility of maintaining... Uh, social distancing and, and containing the pandemic to the, to the citizens and I think that helped
0: okay uh, this is a question from one of our students Shriya Rajachandra what mental toll has this project taken on you Manika working virtually and handling the helpline by yourself I think for the most part uh, that must have been draining
1: um, very honestly it took a physical toll Um, because there were often days when I was pulling like 20-22 hour days especially in the beginning when when lockdown happened Uh, mentally there were some very 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 few cases that uh, brought me down because of the nature as in it affected me personally that there were people stranded you know for instance with no medication or where people were not standing by their own friends, family, neighbors, whatever community. Um, however, I don't think there has been a single case, barring one or two, where help has not reached people who asked for it. So the um, it has actually the
0: satisfaction of actually doing that. Has so the been mental very toll,
1: yeah, the mental toll has actually been positive. It's influenced me incredibly well. it's
0: very inspirational for people to just know that when you make other people happy when you help them that it actually helps your mental health
1: yeah of rather course than just
0: being in sitting yourself, yeah?
1: yeah most certainly i think that's why if you if you go through our facebook group um, regularly people just post that you know it's a it's a little haven where you come for positivity because you can read about how how helpless people were feeling and uh, how settled they now feel in their head and, uh, and that's wonderful, it's unbeatable there's no way that you can beat that kind of day.
0: that's so inspiring Mahita and I'd love to wrap up this conversation on this happy note but we do live in a culture of fear and the media has played a big role in this and one of our students, Raksha Arun has this last question for you How can the media help your movement of transforming people from scaremongering to caremongering?
1: Honestly, I think they already did. So it was, um, like you mentioned very early on, it was something that was very unexpected. Like Caremongers India was a very unexpected movement to sort of uh, come... Out of to be born out of a crisis situation, right? And the idea was that you move people to uh, spreading love and kindness as opposed to spreading fear and panic.
0: Mahita Nagaraj, thank you for speaking to the NSOJ Tanoi podcast. Me, your tribe of caremongers, grow in Bangalore in India and the world. Thank you.